Hello again and welcome to the Driving You Crazy podcast. I am the co-host for the show, the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News. My name is Jason Luber. He is really the star of the show. I am just a sidekick, <laughs> pedestrian advocate, Joseph Peters. You can find me on Twitter at JosephDenver7. He's at Denver 7 Traffic. If you're a longtime listener and you haven't left a review of us yet on your on our iTunes page, please go ahead and do that. Isn't it called uh, a rate, review, repeat? Or No, no. There's, there's like a terminology there. I like rate, review, repeat. It's something I like that. I encourage everybody. <laughs> Rate, review, repeat. There is some kind of like official verbiage that you're supposed to use. Uh, okay. Uh, the, the, that the podcast people use, but I mean, because I mean, I guess we're we're kind of official podcast people, but we're not official podcast I think, people. No, I don't think so. I think so, we break every single one of the rules every day. Just it's about. All good. Oh, and so I was listening to some other podcasts the other day, mm-hmm. and they just ramble about whatever. Oh my god, uh, who does like, that? And then and then they start talking. They they did this one podcast, and then and then all of a sudden somebody started in the room, started talking. So they have a conversation with somebody else in the room, and you're not there. It's just it's weird. It's almost like you're dro- you're dropping in on like an eavesdropping recording. It's the weirdest thing. I, who does that? They do. They do. They do. All right. Well, we have a huge show for you today. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff, uh, including the big transportor, transportor, transportation story of the week. Uh, it's where we have that Uber Lyft driver who was live streaming his rides. Terrible. Oh, we, Terrible. We'll go all into that in just a minute. Um but not only with because uh, he didn't have any direct consent with the passengers, um, and he was saying it was a way to make extra money. Anyway, all of that stuff coming up in just a minute. But first, I have to give you my favorite story. Maybe this could be the favorite story of the month, not just the week or the day, the month, or maybe a couple of months. High praise. This is really, really good. All right, so so here we go. Uh, it come to us from Citrus Heights, California, near Sacramento. You would think they would. Maybe have a lot of orange trees out there. A suspected drunk driver went back to his burning car to light his cigarette using the flames coming off of the burning car. Yay! <laughs> yeah! Where was his lighter? Oh, man, it was his car! Wow. His car was the lighter. Wow. There you go. That's <laughs> What got us to this point was when 25-year-old Robert Quigley, great name, He rear-ended an SUV that was stopped in traffic on westbound I-80, and at the time of the crash, Quigley was driving around 75 to 80 miles an hour. A CHP officer spotted the car after it burst into flames, and then he turned around in traffic to help out. And as he did, he spotted Quigley switch seats with his female passenger. Well, Quigley later admitted that the, uh, to the officer, that he was actually behind the wheel at the time of the crash. Now, a witness told officials that the shirtless Quigley went back to his burning car to light his cigarette. Maybe his lighter was in the car, and he couldn't get to his lighter, and therefore he used his car as the lighter. Mm. Either way, it's fantastic. Now, he did singe part of his eyebrows in the process of lighting the cigarette off the flames coming from his car. Uh, later he told the officers at the scene, yeah, I'm not afraid of fire. I deal with this kind of stuff all the time. All the time. <laughs> burning cars. That explains a lot, doesn't it? You should see his, uh, mugshot. Just Google, just Google this guy's mugshot, Robert okay. Quigley and a mugshot. It's great. Quigley has been charged on suspicion of drunken driving. Uh, and it's the second time he has been picked up for a DUI in a week. <laughs> After Grass Valley police stopped him during a separate incident. 
That's right. Teed two DUIs in one week. Maybe that's why he was so uh, brazen. Is that's not the right word, but uh, so nonchalant. Stupid. Uh, about lighting his cigarette I on mean, a burning car. All, every part of this is stupid. Get him off the get him off the streets. That, my friend, is an interesting character. I, I would. I, I actually tried to look him up on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere. I tried to. I tried to find him, it, it, but to no no avail. I, I could not get him. And um, otherwise, I, I think it would be an interesting character character to have here on the podcast. Why do you drink and drive? Like, where do we begin how with do, that? <laughs> how do you? How did you come up with the idea that I need a lit cigarette and my burning car is the way to get that done? I, I don't think he wants to do that <laughs> interview. Oh, it's I think, so great. I think he will pass on that you one. You think so? I do. All right. Well, we all know that Arizona, much like Florida, they're, they're full of retired older people. And like Florida, old people in Arizona like to drive golf carts everywhere. Well, they're, they're convenient. They're, they're easy to drive. They don't cost much. They don't require much maintenance. They're, a, they're an all-around good choice of elderly vehicle. Okay. We did a whole segment a while back about pros and cons of golf carts. I think we were talking about the villages in Florida, and we were talking about the pros and the cons of the golf carts. It's true. I don't remember what episode that was. Uh, anyway, see, <laughs> the problem here is that sometimes these older folks, they get a bit confused as where they are supposed to be driving and where they're not supposed to be driving while they're in their golf carts. And one place you're not supposed to be driving your golf cart is on the freeway. But that didn't stop one well-seasoned man from driving his golf cart with no headlights Onto the interstate just before sunrise because they like to get up early. The older folks, they like to get up really early. Well, I mean, that early in the morning, he probably had the road to himself, right? Well, he did have it mostly to himself, but the Arizona Department of Transportation, they had some of the traffic cameras uh, pointed at this guy when he got onto the freeway and they were watching this slow moving vehicle traveling on the interstate. And some concerned citizens figured out what was happening, they knew he was in trouble. And so they got drivers to slow down and protect the old man in his golf cart and kept him from getting run over, which is very commendable. One vehicle escorted the cart by driving right behind it. We had the emergency blinker flashers going there. And then the state patrol showed up and, and, and took over from there. Oh, okay. It, it was an 83-year-old man. They, they say he didn't show any sign of impairment except for being 83 and probably not given a hoot. Right. And probably yelling at all the youngsters to get off his lawn. Well, at least stop following him, right? Uh, yeah, and then and then later on, so when the in the state patrol pulled him over, the man uh, in the golf cart was picked up by his wife. Also in a golf cart. <laughs> you would hope <laughs> they so. left that part out of the story. I Presumably think. to still make that early bird special at the Golden Corral. Mm. They have all you can eat shrimp, man. <laughs> you like the Golden Corral? Big fan of the old Golden Corral. Go in there at four. 4 a.m. <laughs> For the early bird special. I didn't know that was a thing, but All right. sure. All right, so I'm surprised I haven't seen more stories like this. So there was a guy in St. Louis. He drives for both Uber and Lyft. And he has been live streaming his passengers who were riding in his car for months and months and months without their consent. Well, I guess I should say without their expressed consent. More on that is as the story continues. Now, the driver recorded around 700 rides since March, and he has streamed nearly all of them live under the Twitch handle Just Smurf. Who, who would think of that handle? Somebody who wasn't trying to get 
publicity for the fact that they were an Uber driver live streaming everything they did. Well, that's the weird thing is that because um, he was actually a- actively advertising this thing and trying to make money on it. Well, anyway, passengers ha- were included children, um, drunk college kids, unwitting public figures. There was a local TV news reporter um, that he gave a ride to at one time. And Jerry Cantrell, he's the lead guitarist with the band Alice in Chains. Um, so you would wonder if they would have given their express consent to be recorded in this way. Well, anyway, first names and occasionally full names were revealed on the live streams. Homes were shown. Passengers have, in that car, thrown up. They've made out. Um, talked trash about relatives and friends and complained about their bosses during these rides that they never imagined were being recorded or streamed live to the Internet. All the while, an unseen audience of online watchers are evaluating the people that are in the car. They make comments about, let's say, the women that get in and make comments about their bodies or their looks or their hair or whatever the case may be. Um, They judge the parents and and their stories and their commentary about the kids. And and then they they mock the conversations that are happening – all while, so there's like two communities that are at, the online community and obviously the what's going on in this Uber car. Now, the driver would talk to the viewers between rides like he was a show host, and he would comment on passengers and answer questions from his audience about his life as a driver for Uber and Lyft. Now, this driver said he saw nothing wrong with his recordings. To him, it was a form of virtual people watching, one that can bring an income. Now, because he said... I try to capture the natural interactions between myself and the passengers, what a Lyft and Uber ride actually is. He said he had a team of Twitch users, including his wife, to help remove any racist, homophobic, aggressively sexual um, sentiments, comments, that sort of thing, because that would get you in trouble, I suppose, right? Uh, The driver did have a small sign. It was about a four-inch sign. It was stuck to the back window of the car, and theoretically, it was providing consent to the recordings. But but most of the passengers, they never saw it. They never noticed it. And it didn't indicate at all to the people that they were also not just being recorded, but they were also being live streamed, nor did he ever really point it out and say um, that you're being recorded, you're being live streamed, and make it obvious to these people that they were going to be on camera. Now, the sign taped to the back window, this was the, this was the actual wording. Notice, for security, this vehicle is equipped with audio and visual recording devices, consent given by entering vehicle. Now, uh, does a lawyer, uh, I'm sure lawyers will get around that pretty easily. Well, it, it was a one-party state, right? So, well, yeah. So with that, being, with that being the case, only one member of the conversation has to give consent to being recorded. Right. So in that regard, I mean... What he's doing is perfectly legal. It's the ethics of it that really make it, you know. I, I think I have more ethical questions for the people watching this than I do for the guy recording it. But there certainly are, is no shortage of questions for the guy recording it. He, he was openly advertising his live stream on Twitter. So he was well aware of what he was doing. And he uh, knew that if he asked for consent to any of the writers that, that they would most likely say no. So, and if they did say if they did say yes, then that, then that would not be nearly as entertaining because they would consciously know that they are on camera being being live streamed. So, if it, so, just all right. Think of think of your role as a as a show producer. Mm-hmm. 
you want something that's authentic, right? So you you get more authenticity, like at a show like Survivor or or Big Brother or any of those other ones. They know they're on camera. They they all know they can see the cameras. So it's not quite as authentic as if you don't know you're on camera. Then you think you have some privacy there and you're anonymous in some guy's car and the content is going to be different. Right, but now now he's just taking your conversation or whatever you're doing in the car and using that to make a profit. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I'm in the car with this guy, I should have some say in whether or not my voice, my face, everything that I'm doing inside this vehicle is being used for somebody else to make a couple bucks and probably not even that much money, right? Like probably a stupidly small amount of money for the amount of emotional havoc he could have potentially wrought on some of these people. Well, before the before the dry, uh, the uh, before the driver's Twitch account disappeared, the channel had about forty five hundred followers. It had about a hundred subscribers, and all of those people, the subscribers, paid about five bucks a month to support the driver's efforts. So you're so, looking yeah, at 500 five hundred bucks a yeah. month. That's that's pretty good, five hundred bucks a month. And then he also earned about thirty five hundred bucks uh, uh, with these donations and tips. I guess they call them bits on uh, Twitch. So he would openly ask for donations. And obviously subscribers, um, and that was on top of the 150 or 300 bucks he was making from fares on an average night. And he told the St. Louis Post Dispatch that he put up the cams, he says, as a safety measure. But he also indicated that he set it uh, set him up as a way to make extra money because, as you indicated, Missouri, just like Colorado, we're all this happened in Missouri, and Colorado is another state. It's a one-party consent state. And for the purposes of recordings, that means just one person has to give permission to do a recording. It allows for any recording of conversations on the phone or in person, as long as the one person involved in a conversation gives permission, even if that person is you. California, where Uber and Lyft are based, that is not a one-party consent state, nor is Connecticut or Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and Washington. Mm -hmm. In those states, everyone involved in the conversation needs to have a given consent before they can record any of the conversations. Now, since he was showing himself, he was giving himself consent. Right. And therefore, enough that's enough to record everybody who gets into the car. Now, Uber said in a statement, the troubling behavior in these videos is not in line with our community guidelines. The driver's access to the app has been removed while we evaluate his partnership with Uber. And a spokesman with Lyft had a similar statement saying all drivers on the Lyft platform are required to follow applicable local laws and regulations, including with regard to the use of recording devices. Well, he did. I mean, technically, he did follow the, the level of the law there. Uh, they continue to say, you can find our policy on Lyft's safety page. Now, several passengers told the Post, the, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, that after learning about the stream, they complained to Uber, and the company gave them a $5 credit. That sounds right. And a promise that they would not be paired with that driver again. Really? Thanks. That is their go-to customer service move, is some... Like I, uh, you well, know, of some course, very small credit and a oh, you, we, we won't put you with that guy again. Of course, you're not going to be with him again. They fired him. 
I mean, seriously. Well, now, we don't know that. I mean, he could very well be driving for the app again in two two years. Well, yeah, you're. I guess he could. And because on my phone, my my cell phone here, I, I have this app, and, and it will record every call, because Colorado is one of those one party consent states. Um, so I really don't have to technically worry about it being illegal. Now I use it mostly because I I do a phone interviews for um, some of my driving you crazy uh, stories that I write for the web. And it's way more convenient if I'm not at my desk or if I'm out about somewhere, even driving. It's way more convenient for me if somebody calls me back for an interview and I can, I can talk to these people and do the interview and get my quotes and just have my phone record the conversation and go back and then I can get my attributions and, and I can get the information that way rather than having to write down all my notes and then write down the attributions. All I mean, it's the same thing as I would be doing if I was writing. Yeah, but that's, again, a lot different from you live streaming that conversation exactly. And, exactly. And, and using it to make a profit off of. But uh, that's what I wonder. I wonder what the legality is of the live stream part of this because it's way different than the recording part of it. One is recording. One is live streaming. Let me ask you this. Regardless of what the law is now, right, if the law is written in such a way that this sort of behavior is legal and I can be taped if I walk into a restaurant and that's a show or I can be taped when I get into a ride share and that's a show or I can be taped when I go to a grocery store and that's a show and that's legal and that's the way the law is written, then the law needs to change. Well, is it written that they can be recorded, but I don't know necessarily after that if you can necessarily be then rebroadcast so can that tape where does the legality uh, of that recording change does it change when then i post that recording on my youtube page or on my facebook page or i live stream it or if i'm just showing it to my buddies um it certainly should change if you're live streaming it i mean what if heaven forbid this guy crashes his car and one of these people passes away and all of a sudden he has broadcast their death to all of his followers Live, live. I mean, I like. Wh- where do we draw the line here? Yeah, but that and that's going to have to be worked out. Probably, I, I is this a, probably a state by state rule? I would think all the states are. are... Well, it's going to have to come from the ride sharing apps. I mean, it, it, at least to start with, because they they have to say that this behavior is just not going to happen. But going back to your point, we have security uh, cameras in this building. They could not that it's good content, but they could. Take those recordings and put them out on the internet. Stream them, however, the, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I don't know where this goes. I mean, I, I would yeah. think that all the uh, the ride sharing apps, the, the majority of them, you know, the Uber and Lyft, they're probably going to have some kind of a addendum on there. They're probably working on it right now. No recording or live streaming of your passengers is allowed. But that w- will that stop them? Because there are people that's doing it right now with consent. Right. And you can watch them on YouTube TV or YouTube or uh, or Facebook Live or probably even Twitch. And you can, and because what the drivers are doing is say, hey, we, I, I'm doing the stream or I'd, I'd like to record these videos and then post them later. Is that OK? And then the passengers might say yay or nay. And if they say yay, then then he posts that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've because I've seen YouTube channels dedicated to this. Or the one of them, I think it was called the driver or the something like that. Yeah. Some guy got out of the news business to do the same thing. And he wound up right back in the news business nine months later because so. he wasn't making any exactly. money. I mean, I don't understand the like. Uh, Again, there are ethical questions for the viewers of this stuff, too. Like, what, what I get taxicab confessionals, especially if there's consent given. But well, like, I don't know about that. It, that's ethical. It's more like a, 
ethical is not the right name. It's just a couth kind of well, a thing. Well, it's certainly ethical if you're aware that these people don't know they're being recorded and, and you're just a voyeur. Yes. Right. Right? Because that's I, – I don't I don't get where that's fun for you, but also I get where that's kind of gross from the outside looking in. And another thing, while we're talking about this whole Uber thing, so we did a story this week uh, out of the Miami Herald about some riders that were using Uber – and they were complaining that they were being charged a cleaning fee for a mess left in the car that was actually never left in the car. There was no mess ever that, that ever happened. The paper called this vomit fraud. And in the story, they identified a few drivers that were caught doing this. They even said that some of the drivers created fake pictures to make the mess that didn't exist look like it did exist. Well, that brings me back here to Denver, where our morning show anchor, Molly, was taking an Uber to work the other day. She lives just down the road here a few blocks. And Molly, after taking the Uber, was charged a cleaning fee of $75. Now, she was confused about this charge. She looked at the picture that was attached to this charge, and it showed what the mess was. And the mess was actually about a half of a wrapper to an energy bar she ate on the way to work and then left on the floor of the Uber. Molly. I asked Molly if the wrapper was hers. She said yes, but she then made the excuse to me that it must have just fallen out of her bag. Well, so Molly went nuts. I mean, she went she went nuts. She got the charge um, taken off her, her Uber she bill. she should have. I mean, she, let's be real here. She decided to tell her story on the air of her cleaning fee charge here, but she called it a scam. <laughs> So she lumped herself in with the same riders who were charged for something that never actually happened in a car. So during one of the news blocks, it was one of the news blocks where we have a four shot at the end, where that means that me yeah. and Mitch and Molly and, and Lisa are all there standing at the desk. So Molly reads this story of the vomit scam, and then she says on air that while there's this story, there's also, she goes, she too fell victim to this scam. Because she was charged $75 to clean the wrapper that she left in a car. But in my book, that's not a scam. That's not a scam. I, I thought it was awkward standing there at the desk. And I'm glad that I didn't have to say anything or comment about it. Because usually that's the time that they, the producers want us to come in there and maybe comment about a story. Usually it's a kicker, a funny story, whatever the case may be. And you comment on it, you make a joke, and then off you go. Um, I didn't want to say anything. And here's why. Because to Molly... She says it sounds like a scam. To me, it sounds more like an outrageously high fee for cleaning a wrapper that was left on the floor. But for Molly to call that a scam, there's no... It, here are the facts. Molly got in the Uber. She opened an energy bar. She dropped the wrapper on the floor, left it there. Doesn't really matter if she intentionally did it or not, or maybe noticed it and just decided not to pick it up. Or whatever the case may be, she dropped it there, left it, got out of the car, there's your cleaning fee. Those are the facts. That's not a scam. Aren't there levels of cleaning fees, though? Well, like, there should be. Like $1 wrapper pickup. Okay. Boop. Right. Now, th that's exactly what I was thinking. Vomit pickup, several, several hundred dollars. Right. You know what I mean? There like, should be yeah, different levels, right. and I thought $75 was exorbitant for having the driver pick up the wrapper. Now, off the air, she told me she was just really pissed that she wanted the driver fired. 
I would want that driver fired too, because that's but, a real that that is a super petty move by the driver. Well, that's yeah, that's really what's offensive about it. If it is petty, like I thought Uber drivers were supposed to be cool, and this guy's like, oh, she dropped a wrapper. I'm gonna hit her with a seventy five dollar fee and hope that she doesn't notice it. Right. Now, you also have to understand something about Molly. She's not the cleanest person in the world. Well, yeah. And I could easily see her her dropping that wrapper and, and not wanting to pick it up or just ignoring it. Uh, maybe she was just too dingbatty to really notice it, and it was on the ground, and she just mindlessly left it there, not thinking in a million years she's going to be charged $75 by the driver to pick up a wrapper. But Molly was so pissed about that charge. I don't blame her. She was actually emailing Uber that morning to get the cleaning fee taken off. She didn't involve the Uber media people, but she told me she might have if it had to go that far. Oh, I was when I heard the story, I was 100% prepared to do a contact seven on it. Are but, you kidding me, Uber? Really? Again, this is this. Co- the driver did not have to do that. No, she. But uh, Molly didn't have to leave the wrapper in the car. Okay. Okay. If somebody if somebody left a wrapper in your on your desk, what are you going to do about it? Uh, well, for me, I'm just going to move on about my life, and I'm going to th- because that happens to be all the time in the studio, right? Because there's people leaving stuff on my desk all the time, right? But because you're a normal, not petty person, yes. Unlike this Uber driver, who should be fired. Petty people like that don't need to work for Uber. Maybe the driver work for Amazon. Maybe the driver thought, "Hey, I just dropped off this high dollar TV person at the TV station, and she can afford it. So I'm gonna and or or maybe I'm gonna teach her a lesson for being a slob in my car. And e- either way, it's petty and it's and it's not cool. However, I, she still did it. If I if I were a driver, if I that happened to me, I would just picked it up and moved on with my life, right? But that's that that that's me." I'm not that person. Maybe that person is not a very forgiving person. Maybe that driver has had problems with... We don't know what the history of that driver is. Maybe... Think about it from that driver's perspective. Maybe they've had so many people leaving crap in their car that they're just... That was like the straw that broke... That was the wrapper that broke that driver's back. That was the one. That was the one incident where that driver got so torqued off. I'm charging this person the money... I haven't done it in the past, but this is the one that's going to pay. I'll, I'll leave you with this. I had a coworker at the restaurant one time. You know the credit card slips where you have to write in your tip? She would put a 10 in front of it if she felt like the people were well-to-do and the tip was a little bit too low. So an $8 tip on a $40 check would become a $108 bill on a $40 check. And as I'm sure you would imagine, this was discovered pretty quickly, and she was fired not long thereafter. But when you bring up the class of it and you bring up the idea that she knew this driver knew they were dropping somebody off at the TV station who looked fancy and thought they could get away with adding right. an extra fee that nobody was going to notice. And that's bullshit. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. Well, I don't think it was cool. It's uncouth. It's it was an outrageously high fee. And I thought Uber only charged certain fees for certain cleanings I, th- I mean it's vomit fraud right like i thought it was vomit only here i didn't know we were like going all the way down to rappers but i but that's the thing i didn't know this is th- but again i don't think it's fraud it i mean obviously there was a mess it, it's the level of mess the other fraud ones where there were no mess and then they were charged maybe we're looking at this the wrong way maybe the rapper is the low end of the cleaning fee scale maybe it's like rapper 75 beer can 125 see you know what i mean inflation like, right <laughs> two two beer cans 225 that cut you a little bit of a break well, maybe if it's a full case, you actually get a discount for the more you leave. Uh, coming up, we've talked about the supersizing of American cars, but there's one area that's not keeping up with the growing size of the vehicles. Parking lots. 
That story and much, much more. The Driving You Crazy podcast continues. Lopez, and you are listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. The Denver 7 Morning Show is a great mix of kind of everything. Obviously, the breaking news that you need, the weather and the traffic as you wake up and get out the door. But then we like to have some fun, too. We actually have personalities, whether it's Jason Luber and Lisa. They are always getting on each other and whatnot. And then even us reporters out in the field, we like to have fun from time to time and then tell you the news that you need before you get out the door. Jason Grenauer, only on Denver 7. If you haven't watched, you're missing a great uh, team of people and some great joking and laughing uh, and uh, some fun... Yeah, you're missing some really fun exchanges uh, between a lot of the people on the show. Uh, they have a lot of fun. We all have a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and if you're not watching, you're missing all of it. Nicole Brady, only on Denver 7. Welcome back to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast, heard all around the world, even in the Amazon. I can only assume the Amazon because we do have listeners, as it says here on our um, analytic page, that we have listeners in Brazil. Mm. Got knocked out of the World Cup, got nothing better to do but listen to the old Driving You Crazy podcast. I only want to think of the people in Brazil who are listening to this podcast live in the Amazon. Can they shop on Amazon, in the Amazon? I mean, if you have good cell phone service, sure. Is that ridiculous? No. You have Amazon delivering to the Amazon? No, not at all. You don't think so? No, they have a fleet of monkeys. <laughs> Just don't let Do the sloths get they have monkeys in the Amazon? Did I, I get my know. animals right? I don't, I don't know. know. They either. have sloths down there. There you go. That takes a little longer to get the delivery, though. Not, not the zoology podcast. Have you heard of the In My Feelings Challenge? Of course I have. I'm a millennial. How could you How could you not have? We've gone over so many things that I have no idea what you're talking about on this podcast, and we finally got somewhere where I might be considered an expert. It is all over the internet right now, and what the challenge is, do you want to explain what the challenge is? Oh, no, by all means. It's, it's where you do the special dance to the Drake song, In My Feelings. Drake also has postponed his Denver shows for some unexplained reason. We could play a drop from this song, but then we'd also have to pay Drake for it. And yes, that's and, not going to happen. And we can't, we, one, we can't do that, and we won't do that. Correct. The, this, <laughs> definitely not. Um, and at this point, even into 84 episodes of the podcast, we are still up to exactly $0 made. Are you kidding me? The um, fee for a clip of that song? You'd have to put a second mortgage on your house, man. Anyway, uh, YouTube the song if you if you want to hear the song. Uh, and most people do this, do this dance standing somewhere. It's harmless. Um, some people are looking for unique places to do it. Will Smith climbed the top of some bridge in Europe. Um, he did it there. Obviously, that was choreographed. And corny, like everything Will Smith has done in the last 15 years. Yes. But what some people have started doing, and that's what brings it back here and a uh, to the Driving You Crazy podcast, 
is that they're doing it in their cards. What they do is they have a passenger recording on their phone, and they have the driver get out of the car while the car is still moving, and then that person who gets out of the moving car is supposed to walk alongside of the car while it's still rolling with the door open and do the dance moves. Now, I remember when this was just called ghost riding, because we did this when I was a teenager. I, I mean, it's pretty harmless. If you put the car in new, neutral, how fast is it going to go, especially if somebody else is there to take control if necessary? Uh, my favorite piece of this is the people who can't do it properly, don't know how to get from car to sidewalk in one fluid motion, wind up eating it, trying to get to the In My Feelings part of the In My Feelings challenge. And that's the, the problem, because some police departments now think it's going too far, at least for their comfort, um, and they say someone's going to be seriously injured or killed because of uh, this new twist nope. into the dance challenge. No, no. nobody's getting killed. Somebody's going to get run over. A bunch of fuddy duddies, man. <laughs> you just you wait. Police in Spain. So I posted this video on my Facebook page. Uh, Jason Luber, traffic guy. Uh, they called the crazy ones bonkers. Those Spanish policemen. Okay. Uh, they warned that this stunt could lead to fines as well if they're if these people are caught. They, they posted a collection of these videos. Um, and one, I saw one of the girls get out. She's giggling the whole time. She gets out. She falls right there on her head. Um, this other guy gets out, is actually walking next to the car, doing it pretty well, but then he runs right into a pole, and you can hear the pong <laughs> of what his head hits the pole. It's one of the, it's the perfect pong sound of head hitting pole. It's great. I mean... You got to look in front of you, man, head on a swivel. And in another one, this motorcyclist is riding on his bike, and then he stands on his motorcycle, tries to do the dance, and I guess he successfully does it, and he doesn't wipe out, which is good. But there's going to be some idiot who gets really hurt, and it's going to end badly for somebody eventually. Because there's going to be some stupid kid that's going to do... That's going to roll the wrong way no, I mean, and it, get w- caught w- under the tire. It's going to get dangerous if somebody tries to do it on the damn freeway, right? Like well, that, yeah. that's, what, that's when it's going to be a real problem. But up until that point, I, I'm telling you, man, nobody's nobody's trying to ghost ride in a, in a crowded area. This is all side streets. This is all parking lots. I just don't think – I think it's a trick that people try to do, and they're not actually going to do it anywhere where they can hurt somebody. Now, I remember when the ice bucket challenge was going crazy, and all the news people were getting in involved in this – silly thing Mm -hmm. and we all had to do it and we all had to challenge a bunch of other people and it was all right fine but i i have not seen yet the news people take off of this have you seen a bunch of news people doing it yet yeah in south dakota they did it in front of mount rushmore man they did yeah i have not seen that kiki yeah no they did yeah all right there's there's been some news ones it's a little much well i mean like take it let's take it old school right when we were kids they had the donuts, right? You would just go do donuts. You didn't oh, do yeah. donuts in the middle of the road. You did it in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. George oh, no. It was right there at the Ogletree's parking lot, the back lot. There was this hill. I had my 75 Plymouth Fury, and uh, and it had the pause attraction, so the one wheel would spin, the other one wouldn't. So if I would do a right turn up a hill, I could punch it. Oh, that thing would smoke. Great there you stuff. Go. So, again, these are things that you did in a parking lot, secluded, not in the middle of traffic. And it's yeah. the same thing with this ghost ride and stuff. Well, it's called the In My Feelings Challenge. Look it up. Take a look. Do one. Send us a video. Not a dangerous one, I guess. Yes, we do not want dangerous ones. But I'm telling you, you heard it here first. Somebody's going to get killed doing this thing. At least the one where they're walking outside the car.
And then there's this story about a father in England who was waiting for a commuter train at a train station with his three kids. They were going to the carnival. What what nice father taking his three kids to the carnival. That sounds great. Well, one of his boys, Devin, he saw something down near the tracks. It was a rock or stick or something. So he asked his dad if he could reach down to go get it. Well, dad said Devin is an inquisitive kid, wanted to go pick up that stone or piece of wood or whatever. Uh, he said as, as a treasure. And dad said it probably wasn't a good idea, but uh, he, the kid, Devin, kept asking for a quick look. And dad said, all right, go ahead, um, just make it quick. So the kid lies down on his tummy. So imagine this. Oh, You're at a train station, and the kid lays down. You know that, that there's that area where you can walk up to the edge of, of where you're supposed to walk onto the train, but the train's not there. There's no trains there. But you, if, you, if you kept walking, you'd fall onto the tracks, mm-hmm. right? And yep. there's the rocks down and all that. that, that stuff. So everybody's familiar with that. So the kid, and the, you might see the little yellow raised bumpy area, right? Well, anyway, so the kid is, lay, is, is right there on his tummy with his hands... You know, with his shoulders out, so he can, so he, up to his, right there is his chest, so he can reach his arms down and try to pick up the rock or the stick or whatever he was looking at, and his head's out there, right? Well, as he's doing this, there's some guy, Tim Brown is his name. He was watching the kid, and he took a picture of Devin, who was lying down, and then posted it to his Facebook page saying, spoke to the adult, his reply was, the train's not due. When I pointed out there may be others, i.e. freight, empty, unscheduled, etc., the reply was, the next one's not for a while. After speaking to the security guard and explaining to the man that people are seriously injured and die doing this, I was told by the not-so-respectful adult, I was a do-gooder, and the lad just wanted to look at the track. I can only try. Oh, my God. That was the post by this Tim Brown about this kid who was laying down trying to pick up something on the track. So this is a fabricated post. This is an interaction that did not happen, correct? No, it, well, it happened. No, no. So this, so the kid's laying down. Some do-gooder guy sees this, takes a picture of the kid laying right. on the ground and freaks out thinking this is the most dangerous but move he, ever. But did he actually talk to the adult? Or did he, he did. No, he, he, said, he okay. said, hey, look, you shouldn't have your kid laying down there. And the and the dad said, "Look, he's just gonna get something down there. He's he, he's fine. Back off, do gooder." Yeah, Kid exactly. Gooder. Now the dad said that Devin was really never in any danger. He was there for maybe thirty seconds. I looking at the picture, I agree with that. I mean, he was just laying down there for a couple of seconds, um, but that didn't stop the internet from railroading this dad. Of course not. Nearly two thousand people in just the first little bit commented on the post. With disbelief and many saying it was insane and stupid. Insane and stupid, this do-gooder. The picture taker described the scene as absolutely unbelievable. The kid was laying down for maybe 30 seconds. Maybe. No trains in the area. It's perfectly safe. There's nothing happening there. Then the kid gets up and gets out of the way when the train is going to come and it wasn't anywhere near the station. The kid likes to live on the edge. Dad defended himself, saying all the people who had uh, commented on the Facebook post weren't there. and But that's not stopping the British Transport Police, who are investigating this, as they probe whether a crime has been committed. This guy might lose his kids over this. Is that ridiculous? Unbelievable. Uh, if, it, if it were one of my girls, and I was in the same situation, same place, same time, knowing that the, uh, the train was not anywhere nearby, I would have let one of my girls do the exact same thing. Now... My wife would have freaked out because she wouldn't have want 
expected my kids' clothes to get dirty by laying on the on the floor on the ground there, and no, no matter what they were picking up. Uh-huh. But she would have been more concerned about the cleanliness rather than the danger of getting her head taken off by a fast-moving train. I would have broken this guy's phone before he could post something on social media and make me look bad to billions of people. There you go. That's but that's that's the, that's that's the adult the world. thing to do, and that's the world we live in now. You're you're shamed into doing the right thing. <laughs> well, you can't live on the edge. That's what it comes down to. Or lay down over the edge. Exactly. We talked about the supersizing of vehicles here in America, right, as we apparently want to buy larger SUVs and trucks. Well, I saw a story in the Wall Street Journal. It was titled, Americans' Love Affair with Huge Vehicles Collides with Tiny Parking Spaces, by, and it was by Christina Rogers. Christina writes, Sean Masoudi is loyal to his brawny white Cadillac Escalade, which offers a roomy interior and three rows of seating for his family of five. Aww. There's one gripe. It's no joyride finding parking for the behemoth sport utility vehicle in the puny spaces available in most Los Angeles parking lots and garages. That's fair. He makes annoying loops hunting for space ample enough for his Escalade, all 17 feet long and nearly 7 feet wide of it. He often relegates himself to the outer rungs of the parking lots where stalls are fatter and he comfortably hog a couple of spots without irking other drivers. Otherwise, Mr. Masoudi said, you come back to people who ding or dent your doors. Are you one of those people that just crowd parks in like the least crowded par- part of the parking lot so that nobody around can park next to you or b- bump your door or anything? Uh, do I look insane? I mean, I am. I'll put it that way. I like being what? on an island. I like being able to park far away. Nobody's going to bother me. I have plenty of space. I can pull through. I can back out. Uh, and I get a nice walk to the shopping mall. That's the only reason I would do that is for the walk because I'm fat and I need the extra exercise. <laughs> Well, there you go. But otherwise, I mean, seriously, you're, you're that people-phobic around your car? No, I'm parking-phobic, man. I, 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 You're a parking-phobe. I am a parking-phobe. That is true. That's interesting. Fifth floor of the parking garage. Just take me to the top. If it's empty, that's perfect. I don't have to worry about anybody else. Sometimes it's nice to have a parking neighbor that you can chat with for a few moments as you're trying to get your kid in. Uh, or out. Well, I'm just scarred because in my our, our apartment building, we have four floors and four floors of parking, I should say, and there's no space in between cars. My wife drives a Jetta, and I am like shoulder to shoulder with the people in the in the little Mazda three that's parked next to us. So we're talking about two tiny cars, and there's no space in between. If one of us drove an SUV, no chance. Well, Christina continues with her story. America's love affair with the jumbo-sized vehicles continues to grow, and so do the headaches involved with trying to park them. Many downtown garages and parking lots sprouted in the late 70s and 80s when sales of smaller cars were on the rise. The standard parking spot in the U.S. is about 8 feet to 9 feet wide and nearly 18 feet deep. It has budged little since. Compact car spaces, generally 7 feet to 8 feet wide and 15 and a half feet deep, are becoming more commonplace in some congested cities. As builders try to squeeze in more parking, all the while, vehicles themselves are inflating in size, with many models getting wider, longer, and taller, which each new generation. Quote, you've got two trends moving in opposite directions, said Trent Lethko, a consultant with engineering firm Arup, 
who works who works with cities and planners on parking and other transportation issues. A lot of difficult to pronounce words in that one. Thank you. <laughs> Automakers say new parking assistance technologies such as backup cameras and warning systems that can detect a potential collision are helping drivers of heftier vehicles better navigate tight spaces. Sometimes drivers of tall trucks and large SUVs park at weird angles and make it difficult to get in or out. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. I see that all the time. Why is that the case? I mean, these people don't know how to drive these big vehicles, but yet they still drive them and they still cause havoc for everybody else. Sometimes drivers of tall trucks and large SUVs park at... Oh, I just said that. Dents and dings are frequent, say these drivers. And in Detroit, where large trucks and SUVs dominate the roads, jostling for parking is a morning ritual in downtown garages where spaces are narrow and the turning radius is tight. You don't need to have a Hummer to be affected by this, said Michael Davis, who owns a compact Mazda 3 hatchback. Often he sees drivers seizing up traffic to muscle trucks and SUVs into two small spots, a process that can take multiple attempts. (laughs) Can. Often does. Al Richard, who parks his Chevy Malibu sedan. That's a lovely car, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, In the same garage, said that the spots are so slim... And the cards are so tightly packed that disembarking is kind of limbo. Good luck if you're an overweight person in one of these garages. Man. Oh, yeah. That's there's no I'm way saying. to get in. No way. I mean, I'm tall and I have problems. Like, if I, if I was 50 pounds heavier, I think, I, w- I think we would have to park outside. That story, again, was from Christina Rogers, The Wall Street Journal. I tried to get Christina on the uh, program here, but she wouldn't uh, return any of my queries. Mm. That was a little uh, frustrating. Mm. Sometimes they just go on... Answered. Unanswered queries are the worst queries. But, you know, that's that's kind of typical of news people. Mm. You send news people. Like, there's a lot of people that send emails here, especially, uh, like, agency peoples that send, um, new, you know, reporters, the desk, whatever, pitches for stories, and those pitches always go unanswered. I mean, I get 264 emails a day, and I send two emails a day. So you tell me how many pitches are going unanswered. People are notoriously bad at returning emails. Yes. And these because whenever I do respond to these people, and even I say a one-line thing, hey, you know, thanks for the thing, but but no thanks, they always say, oh, thanks for responding to me. At least you got back to me. And, I mean, it's like. You built the relationship, Jason. I hate that. Expanded the network. I don't need more people. Amen. I need fewer people. That's what, I would just want to be an old man and tell kids to get off my lawn. And drive a golf cart on the freeway. Exactly. Thanks again for being here as part of the podcast again this week. If you want to get a hold of us at Denver 7 Traffic. At Joseph Denver 7. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Liver, the Traffic Guy. I'm stagecoach enthusiast Joseph Peters. <laughs> Me too. Be, <laughs> be safe and as always, happy motoring.